Hey, everybody. How you guys doing tonight? You guys doing good? Man, it's good to see all you guys today. Man, it's getting cold outside. Is this kind of nice or what? You're like, yeah, speak for yourself. You're wearing a jacket. <laughs> good to see you guys here today. I'm going to try to engage with all of you. Um, this is the first time I've spoken uh, on the patio where there's multiple areas to look at, so I'll do the best that I can, so please bear with me. Uh, but I'm excited. My name is Donovan Smith. I'm the worship pastor here at Center Point Church, and I am bringing the Word of God today. I'm excited. Yes. So uh, we are going continue to on, continue on in our series called Throwback, okay? And we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, okay? So today, we're talking about kindness. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we're talking about kindness. I'm so excited. Yeah. A lot of us are like, yeah, we need to talk about kindness because, you know, the world can use a little bit more tenderheartedness and, and generosity, right? Anybody on that side? Yeah. Okay, and others of us, you know, we're kind of like, ah, oh, kindness. We kind of roll our eyes a little bit. And it's not necessarily that we're, you know, heartless or mean people, but we're kind of in this place right now where we would say, like, well, you know what, Donovan? I'm tired of being a nice guy, a nice girl. I'm tired of being pushed over. Like, when is it time to stand up for what I believe in? And so what I want to talk about today is, is it possible that in kindness both can be exhibited? Is it possible, church, that we can be both tenderhearted and generous and loving but also strong and bold and stand for righteousness and what we believe in. Is that even possible? Are you guys with me tonight? So we're going to kind of explore that and have some fun today, okay? So let's go ahead and head over to the uh, theme of the series, which is Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 through 23. And it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, there it is, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So the title of my message tonight is Let Kindness Flow Through You and to the People Around You. Come on, somebody. Let's say that together. Let kindness flow through you. Come on. And to the people around you. Okay, I want to keep you guys engaged. Let's do it one more time. Let kindness flow through you. There we go. And to the people around you. That's the title of my message today, okay? Um, so now I love to look up definitions. So I looked up the definition of kindness, and it said this, the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. So now when it comes to kindness, first of all, how many of you guys have seen the movie uh, by Disney Pixar called Inside Out? Have you guys seen that movie? It's a great, it's such a cute movie. Yeah, I'm a father, so I use the word cute. I have a daughter. It's fine, okay? It's such a great movie, though, okay? So you have, like, the little micro characters that symbolize, like, the personality traits of the main character, right? You got sadness. You've got uh, joy. Um, you got anger, worry. And then you have that little green sassy one. I don't even know what personality trait that is. Disgust. Okay, it just, honestly, if I can be honest, that just reminds me of my little daughter. She's two years old. I just, when I see that character, I'm like, that's my daughter, Aria. She's all the sass, Okay. So I thought to myself, okay, so if kindness was a personality trait, like what would that character look like? Or if I could, you know, so I typed it in Google. I said kind person. And <laughs> when I typed that in, these are some of the images that I got. See, that, this is clearly a kind person, right? The thumbs up, okay? And then uh, I got a couple more too. All right, look at these people. Aren't they, don't they look just kind to you? Don't you want to hang out with these people? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> okay, got the little heart shape, right? Okay, is there a couple more? Okay, again, with the thumbs up, apparently this is a symbol for kindness, okay? See, there it is again, okay? So, yeah, I guess that's kindness, all right? So, this is awesome, okay? Kind people, awesome. But here's the thing, and here's where I sometimes get hung up, okay? And maybe some of you can identify, I don't look like that, right? I, 
I don't, I mean, the best I can do is, is force myself to try to smile to come even remotely close to looking as inviting as these people do, right? Even when uh, Pastor John asked me to speak on... Um, the fruits of the spirit. And he goes, okay, yeah, you're going to preach on uh, fruits of the spirit. I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. What am I speaking on? The self-control, love, patience. Cool. What is it? What is it? And it was kindness. And I was like, dang, <laughs> man, I, I didn't do this, but I wanted to text pastor John and say, are you sure you want me introvert, quiet to myself to talk about kind? I mean, we have all kinds of pastors who are a little bit more inviting and friendly that could talk about this, but isn't God good? <laughs> God is good. And so maybe if you're like me, you, you know, I think the reason why we have a hang-up sometimes is because we're kind of led to believe that kindness is a personality trait, but it's not. Kindness is not a personality trait, okay? Let's let that sit for just a second. <laughs> we'll circle back to that in just a moment, but first I want to dive into the scripture, okay? So now listen, church, the perfect emblem for biblical kindness, we need to look no further than Jesus Christ. For the perfect example of what kindness even is, we need to look no further than Jesus Christ himself. Amen? In the comments as you're watching to do, just say amen. Let us know that you're watching with us, okay? Man, God is good. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter uh, 10, verses 25. Scroll, turn, whatever you want to do. However, you, uh, whatever you need to, to get to get there right now. So let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We thank you for this time. May this be a holy moment of amazing revelation and encounter. Because God, that's, that's why we're here. We're not here for a service. We're not here just to come and, and just whatever and go through the motions. We're here to encounter the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God who is able, the wonderful one, the maker, the creator. And the one that calls us to himself, you are calling us to yourself right now, Jesus Christ, and we accept the invitation. And we're excited for what you have in store for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, I don't know if you guys are cold or tired, but you seem a little quiet tonight. Everybody feeling okay? All right, do we need to get some heaters or something going? You guys good? Okay. All right, Luke chapter 10, verses 25, okay? Let's go ahead and dive right in. This is going to be good. Verse 25 says this, One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say, and how do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Pretty much he's saying, who exactly am I supposed to be kind to? Who exactly am I supposed to express and be loving towards, right? I mean, come on, sometimes we do that. Hey, we can keep it real, but we can keep it holy at the same time, all right? Sometimes we do that. Let me keep going. Jesus replied with a story, and a lot of you know this story, okay? It's the story of the Great Samaritan, okay? Now, here's the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, okay? And, he was, and, and then it says that he was attacked by bandits. <laughs> bandits. Uh, they stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him for half dead beside the road, okay? Verse 31 says, by chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and passed him by. Dang, that's messed up. Then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but then he, he too passed him by to the other side of the road. So let's pause there for a second, okay? So let's put this in more of a modern-day perspective, okay? 
we don't really have priests and temple assistants. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. Hi, my name is Donovan Smith. I'm the temple assistant at Center Point Church. It's kind of weird. We don't really call it that. We call them pastors. Okay, we have pastors. So just to kind of paint a picture and what in the story that Jesus is trying to tell right now, this story would be the equivalent of, let's just say somebody is, this is terrible, but just bear with me, okay? This is the equivalent of somebody beat up and just left for dead just on the side here of Washington Avenue, okay? And then let's say a couple of pastors, and again, this would never happen. We have an amazing pastoral staff. <laughs> I feel like I have to protect myself here. Um, but let's just say for the sake of this story, a couple of our pastors drive up on the campus. We see this person that is clearly in need of help, and we just kind of, oh my gosh, that's so unfortunate. I got to get to work. And usually uh, that kind of follows the statement of just like, oh, man, I really hope somebody gets to this person. I really hope that there's going to be somebody available to help this person in need. Anyways, I have to get to what I have to do. And again, this is not my parable. This is the parable of Jesus, okay? So let's keep moving. Verse 33 says this, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Stop there. The despised Samaritan. Why? was the Samaritan despised. Why that language? Why would Jesus use that language? Jesus is brilliant in this interaction he's having with this religious lawkeeper. Why is that? Because the religious lawkeeper was of Jewish descent and the keeper of the 613 Levitical law that we read in Exodus and Leviticus. And if we read earlier, we find what? That the man that was beat up and left for dead was a Jewish person. You guys with me? He was a Jewish person. Okay. And then the priest that walked by was also a Jewish person. The temple assistant that walked by was a Jewish person. And the person that actually stopped to show him mercy was a Samaritan. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Jews and the Samaritans, they did not like each other. So Jesus is purposely kind of picking at politics a little bit in this verse. It's really interesting. So check this out. The Jews and the Samaritans. Amen. Amen. The Israelites were known throughout history as God's chosen people. In biblical times, the Jews and the Samaritans were sworn enemies, public rivals, political adversaries, and occasionally bothersome neighbors. <laughs> Long ago, King David, we know the story of King David, right? This is hundreds of years before uh, Jesus. King David pulls the tribes together underneath his authority. Shortly after David's reign ended, the kingdom fractures into northern Israel and southern Judah. The north names its capital Samaria. The south retains David's capital at Jerusalem. Okay? Now, the distance between Samaria and Jerusalem was only 35 miles. Okay? That's like what, from here to Corona? It's not that far away. Okay? But how many of you guys know that just because you're in close proximity doesn't equal intimacy? Right? For the next 200 years, issues and tension would rise between the north and the south with very few moments of cooperation. Keep in mind, check this out. Keep in mind, the folks on both sides of the border claimed that Abraham was the father of many nations. Moses was the liberator of, of the Israelites out of Egypt. They all worshiped God. They were all children of Israel. However, their difference were spiritual, cultural, and political. This eventually renders these two kingdoms increasingly estranged and separated. Now, I don't want to go too deep into politics right now because I feel like we're all kind of tired, right? A little bit, a little political fatigue. But, I mean, just look at this picture that Jesus is painting right now. I mean, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> that doesn't sound like America at all. <laughs> Divided on political issues, tension between different parties. Like, this, the, the picture that Jesus was painting is no, no matter where we stand, we have to show kindness to one another, Right? So I'm going to stop there. I can keep going, but I'm not going to. Let's keep moving, okay? So let's circle back to what I said earlier that some of you are still kind of processing, that kindness is not a personality trait. Now, I know some of you would say, oh, but wait, 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 okay? I'm a kind person, right? 
I'm generous. I, I, I love to be kind to people. Or you may say like, well, I know my friend so-and-so is the most kindest person I know. And I hear what you're saying, okay? But check this out. Personality traits speak to who we are, okay? Our personality traits, our preferences, our impulses, they speak to our nature, okay? The fruits of the Spirit speak to who God is. You guys with me? The fruits of the Spirit speak to who God is. And since kindness is a fruit of the Spirit, it must step beyond our personality. It must step beyond our preferences and usher us into kingdom lifestyle. A kingdom perspective, a kingdom mentality to kind of come over ourselves and step out of our personality into who God has called us to be and to the likeness of God, okay? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 says this, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So we are, kindness is given from the Father and we put on kindness, okay? We're, we, uh, kindness is inherited, kindness is received, kindness is put on. Some of us need to put a couple more layers of kindness more than others, but God is still good, amen. Hey, I'm talking about myself, okay? No shame here. Give me all the kindness, all the layers. Yeah, come on, Jesus, okay? Now, uh, now I know some of you are, you know, you would say this, well, okay, all right. Be kind. Okay, I get it. Be kind, be kind. All right, I understand. But what about standing up for righteousness? What about putting our foot down and standing up for the, the, the ju- things that are just and the things that are righteousness and not being passive and, and pushovers? Well, to that I would say this. I think you're confusing between the word kind and nice. How many of you guys know that there's a difference between the word kindness and niceness? There's a difference between the two, okay? Niceness is selective. Kindness is all-encompassing. I can be nice in this relationship, nice to this person, because this person, you know, I don't know, bought me something, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be nice to you, right? Or I, I can be not nice to this person in this relationship, but kindness calls us to, be, uh, to, to exhibit kindness in every encounter, every relationship, every exchange that we have. Kindness is all-encompassing. You can't be selective with kindness, okay? I mean, think about the uh, person in the story. What did he say to Jesus? Who exactly is my neighbor? He's trying to be selective, Okay, but Jesus is trying to call him out of that. Unlike niceness, which is focused on the outward consequences and a desire to not ruffle feathers <laughs> or to avoid conflict, kindness comes from a deep, sincere love for others and a desire for their well-being. You guys, kindness is not passive. There's no passivity in kindness. Kindness is not the absence of conflict. Kindness is not avoiding tough conversations due to fear of tension or offense. Kindness, is not sometime, uh, kindness will sometimes require you to have some pretty bold and brave conversations. Okay? Sometimes kindness will call us to be bold, to speak up, to say something, and not necessarily like sitting on the seat of righteousness and just saying, oh, you know, and be judgmental, and oh, you need to do this and change your life. But maybe it's more of like, hey, as a friend, I see that you're heading and, and participating in something that's not good for you, and out of kindness for your well-being, I have to speak up and say something. A lot of times we have this nervousness that we don't want to lose a friend or we don't want to step on toes, so it's better to just be silent. That is not kindness. Hey, if you don't believe me, let's take a look at Jesus, Okay. Let's go there. Jesus did not care so much about niceness than he did righteousness. Come on, somebody. He had no patience for unrepentant, greedy people who took advantage of others. Now, you guys know the story of Jesus, how uh, he goes to this, uh, the temple, and the temple had been turned into a place of sales and transactions, and people were being taken advantage of. The Bible says that uh, Jesus gets mad, makes a whip, and drives them out, kicks over tables, the whole thing. You guys heard this story, right? But what's interesting, if you rewind a little bit, it says that he makes a whip. He makes it. 
I don't know what materials were around Jesus for him to just kind of make a whip out of nowhere. Uh, it wasn't like the Bible does not say that he like grabbed one off a table or picked one like Jason Bourne off of an officer and started using it. It says that he made it. He took time and was just staring at the temple. Man, these people jacking up my place of worship. He's sitting there mad and angry at these people. Uh, or I don't know if he went home and made it and came back. If he did, that's kind of borderline premeditated assault, right? <laughs> this is Jesus we're talking about. Okay, this is Jesus. That wasn't very nice, Jesus. No, it wasn't. Let me keep going. Jesus insults and shuts the mouths of the religious hypocrites all the time, in person, in public, in front of everyone. Shuts their mouth. What did he say? He goes, in front of everybody, what did Jesus say? He goes, do what they say because they're, they're speaking from the ordinances of God, but don't do what they do because their, their hearts are corrupted. He, he didn't like whisper this. He said this out loud. He put them on blast. <laughs> and then let me go a step further. Even his own disciples, what did he say to his own disciples? How much longer must I be with you faithless people? I can imagine disciples like, dang, Jesus, like, come on, man. We're just, we're trying the best we can, right? I mean, it's one thing to put the religious Pharisees on blast, but his own disciples, he was like, how much longer must I be with you? Even call Satan out of one of them. This is our God. And there's a couple more uh, examples, but I won't get into that, okay? Um, but Jesus cannot be simplified, and decrease down to just being a nice guy. Can't, okay? He had to be more than nice. He had to be more than nice. Now, I want you to just track with me for a second on this thought, okay? And before I say this, let me say this first, okay? It was our sin that put Jesus on the cross, okay? It was his desire to be with us that the Ephesians says that he took pleasure of the death of his son upon the cross because we'd be adopted into his family. So it was our sin, nothing else, that put Jesus on the cross. But check this out for a second. If Jesus was just a nice guy walking around, just, you know, locking elbows with the Pharisees and happy with everyone, and I don't know if you guys know this, but he was actually rejected out of certain towns. Did you know that? He would perform the miraculous healings, and people would say, no, 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 we, no, no, we do not want you in here. Jesus was rejected. So let's say that never happened, and Jesus was just this nice guy and got along with everyone, and everyone's like, oh, Jesus, what would Jesus do? Jesus is my homeboy. If that was Jesus, then now just hear this for a second. If that was Jesus, just simply a nice guy, I don't think there would have been hundreds of people in a courtyard screaming what? Crucify him. Crucify. Again, it was our sin who put him on the cross, but think about this. Hundreds of people gathered in this courtyard to say, take him out. We don't want him anymore. We're done with him. You guys, Jesus was offensive. The things that he said was not uh, pleasant for everyone to kind of take in, but he was still kind. Did you guys know that you can disagree with someone, state that you disagree with someone, but still be kind to people? Come on. We can disagree with someone, but still show kindness. You guys with me so far? Love, kindness, and peace. I love to pull these together. But love, kindness, and peace are not the absence of conflict, but the management and response to conflict. I'm going to say that one more time. I didn't get enough amens on that one. <laughs> love, kindness, and peace are not in the absence of conflict, but the management and response to conflict. Conflict is going to happen. Disagreements are going to happen. We're not always going to be locking arms seeing kumbaya. Sometimes we're going to get a little messy, okay? We're human, Surprise! We're all human beings. We all have opinions, and we're going to get into conflict with one another. It's going to happen. But what we do in response to that makes all the difference. Responding in a godly manner 
is what he requires of us. And church, this is a must. This is a must. It's not a suggestion. It's not like, well, you know, if it's not your personality, don't worry about it. No, God calls all of us to live a life full and filled with kindness. Kindness is selfless. Kindness is generous. Kindness is inconvenient at times. Kindness is considerate always. Kindness is bold. Kindness is always, always, always motivated by love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse, verse 1 says this, If I can speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I want to share with you guys just real quick. Maybe some of you are just like, what's this cymbal randomly doing on the side of the stage? Yeah. Some of you are like, oh, no, what's he going to do? <laughs> Those of you who are uh, asleep right now, you might want to wake up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so just real quick. Yeah, well, I'm going there. He's taking this verse too seriously. Yes, I am. So real quick, I just want to share this analogy with you, okay? This is an analogy that I got, uh, I got from a really good friend of mine. His name was Jerry Wilson. Um, he passed away a year ago, and he would always do this illustration based off of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I don't know if I want to wait for that helicopter or whatever that is to go by. It's really loud. <laughs> Anyways, um, so he would always do this analogy, and it was absolutely amazing. But according to what Paul is writing here, <laughs> if we proceed to speak our truth or, get, or post on social media or say what needs to be said, but we don't have kindness and love, this is kind of what we sound like. So let me just kind of show you guys real quick, okay? So again, if you're sleeping, sorry to wake you up. This is going down right now. All right, here we go. Let me tell you what I think about Donald Trump. I think that he is just a... Did you guys hear what I said? <laughs> Let me tell you what I think about COVID-19. Oh my gosh, don't even get me started. I think that we should all... Don't even get me started on our governor, Gavin Newsom. Oh, my gosh. Man, if we could just. That was not very pleasant, was it? Church, this is what we sound like when we don't have love and kindness in our approach. This is what we sound like in the spirit, even as I was preparing for this message. And once again, before I get into this, I'm speaking to myself, okay? So I'm not sitting here trying to bash people. This message is for me. I was soaking this up. I feel like as I was receiving it from God, I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I was receiving every single ounce of this message. So please know that I'm not trying to come down on anyone. But in the spirit, I saw this, this image of the world in which we're trying to save and reach as the church. And then I saw the church, and because of the history of the lack of kindness from Christians, not all of us, but in some places, because of the lack of kindness, I just saw the, the world in whom we're trying to save kind of cover their ears. I just saw the world just kind of cover their ears a little bit because they're afraid of what might come out of our mouths. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you would say, well, Donovan, sometimes I just got to speak the truth, and the truth hurts. I got to tell it like it is. Well, maybe you shouldn't for a while. I remember somebody told me that. I was like, excuse me? 
I was that person to say like, well, you know what? The truth hurts. I got to speak the truth. I got to tell it like it is. And people might not like it, but I got I to gotta tell it like it is. And a friend of mine said this to me, well, maybe you shouldn't for a while. Maybe you should pause, go to the Lord, spend time in his presence, and come back and speak your truth when you have kindness and love attached to what you're saying. Listen, church, we can have all the truth and the knowledge in the world. We can have the data. We can have the facts. We can have scripture to back up what we're saying. But we will not be heard over the sound of the lack of kindness and love in our approach. We will not be heard. Let's continue on this, um, the story. But before that, maybe some of us need to ask this question, what does kindness require of me today? Maybe some of us need to ask that question. What does kindness require of me? Maybe some of us have some relationships to kind of go and reconcile, right? Let's continue in this uh, story. Verse 34. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care, uh, where he took care of him. The next day, verse 35, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. Has anybody ever experienced such extreme kindness that you were just like overwhelmed and just forced to respond in some way? Anybody? Man, we need to get some better friends. <laughs> I want to tell you just a quick story. So uh, last year, my refrigerator went out. Those of you who have kids and uh, any appliance goes out, you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, your whole world just stops. It could be a dishwasher. It could be a refrigerator, whatever it is. And so, but, I mean, this is kind of my fault, though, because the refrigerator would go out, and I would hit it, and it would turn back on. So I was like, oh, there's the solution. <laughs> Right? Instead of taking that as a sign, like, hey, I should probably buy a new fridge, one that I don't have to hit to turn on. But I was like, hey, this is our system. So finally, there was one day where I hit it, and it didn't turn on. And I was like, oh, no. And I am a problem solver. So instantly, my mind goes into, okay, we're going to go to Home Depot. We're going to apply for this. And if we get approved for this much, we'll pay it for this much, and we'll pay it off here. If we don't get approved at Lowe's, we'll go to Home Depot. So I'm, like, already trying to figure out how to solve this. I'm a father of the family. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm a father of three kids. Yeah, I am a father. <laughs> I got three kids at home. I'm not trying to mess around. I can't even spend $2,000 in eating out. So I'm like, we have to get this fixed today. Okay. And so, um, I, I don't know how this uh, conversation took place, but you guys know Rachel and Eric Hansen? They're awesome people. Yeah, they're, so, they're such a blessing. Uh, but my wife starts talking to Rachel Hansen, and she says, hey, we have a refrigerator just sitting around, and you guys can have that one. My wife calls me, tells me, and all that stress from planning and going into debt and all these thoughts, I was like, okay, thank God, that's done. Okay, and then... Um, so like, yeah, go ahead and take it. And so the time came to schedule a day where uh, they could drop it off. And it was Pastor John and Eric Hansen who dropped off this fridge, by the way. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So the day came to drop off the refrigerator, but I wasn't available to help with it because I had this event that I had to be at. So I talked to them. I said, hey, I said, don't worry about dropping it off. I mean, our stair situation is really bad. It's like, uh, it's, a, it's a condo and it's four stories, but don't think like, oh, four stories. It's four stories, but like this. Not like this. It's really, really narrow. And so the fridge, I'm, I'm just imagining them trying to install it. I'm like, don't even worry about it. So I'm texting them, hey, don't worry about it. Leave the refrigerator in the garage. I'll take care of it when I get home. I'll call some guys and we'll, we'll get it done, okay? How many of you guys know that our pastor is amazing? He's an overachiever. Did you guys know that? <laughs> I come home from this event to see our old fridge outside waiting for pickup. I walk upstairs and the new fridge is installed in our house.
He didn't tell me he was going to do that. They didn't tell me, like, oh, don't worry about it. They just said, okay, cool. When I said, leave it in the garage, they said, okay, cool. Yeah, right. They, they saw that whole thing through. And I was so overwhelmed by the generosity and the consideration. I was just like, wow. Still to this day, I don't even know if I responded with enough gratitude that I feel like I should have. But that's what kindness does, right? Sometimes kindness from others can be so overwhelming it causes us to respond. Did you know that um, kindness affects us on a physical level too? Did you guys know that? Some facts. Let me just share this with you. Acts of kindness create an emotional warmth, which releases a hormone known as oxytocin, which causes the release of a chemical called nitric oxide, which then dilates the blood vessels and reduces blood pressure. That's kind of cool, right? A study also shows that people feel stronger and more energetic after helping others. Many also reported feeling calmer and less depressed with an increased feelings of self-worth. Engaging in acts of kindness produces endorphins, which is the brain's natural painkiller. That's cool, right? Just a little fun, the more you know, right? <laughs> Perpetually, kindness causes 23% less of the stress hormone. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but the stress hormone, cortisol, thank you very much. I know somebody was going to help me. And has actually been proven to slow physical aging. So you want to look young forever? Be kind. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not the takeaway of this message. Immortality. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Hey, but you know what? This, is, this, is not by mis this isn't by mistake. Okay, the fact that our bodies naturally respond to kindness in this way, that's a, like a, a positive health factor, this is by design, you guys. God did this. There's a reason why our bodies and our spirit, we feel refreshed, we feel renewed, we feel stronger, we feel younger <laughs> when we're being kind and engaged in acts of kindness. This is the Lord. And why is that? Because I believe that kindness is the vehicle that God used to put his goodness on display. I believe that kindness is the vehicle that God wants to use to put his goodness on display. He did it through his son. He did, <laughs> I'm talking about being on display. Jesus was put on a cross so that we can be forever with him in his presence. That's kindness and goodness on display. Now we have the opportunity to show and display the goodness of God to the people around us. Okay? Thank you, Jesus. Let's finish off this story. Verse 36 says this. So the story comes to a close, and Jesus now kind of gets into a direct engagement with the religious lawkeeper, and he says this. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus says, yes, now go and do the same. Now go and do the same. That's a command, you guys. That's a call to arms. That is a command that Jesus is giving us. Now go and do the same. Go and do the same. Go and do the same. Let's say this together. I will let kindness flow through me. Come on. And to the people around me. I want to ask the band to come up at this time. Um, I want to just kind of lead us in a time of prayer. And I, I made some room specifically for this moment. And I know that, okay, even as you're watching online, this is the kind of time to kind of tune out, you know, all right, the message is over. This is a very important time, okay? I, I love, I love this, this time because out of everything that we do, 
the most important thing that can happen a service in a service is people get into a deeper revelation of who Jesus Christ is. This is the most important part of the service. So I want to take some time, and we're just going to pray, and we're going to answer a couple questions, and we're going to ask the Lord to come into this moment and be with us because he promises to always be with us and speak to us, okay? How many of you guys know that the Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance? Not guilt, not shame, not the things that we've done that are past. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. I want to lead us in a couple of, of prayers. Michael, you can jump on when, you, when you're ready to go. We can close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I, perf I specifically wanted to leave time for this moment. I think God wants to do something powerful right now. The first prayer that I would love to go uh, through with you guys, and you don't have to necessarily repeat this one after me, but I want to kind of for a minute just kind of talk to the Christians. And, and maybe some of you would say here today, you know what? And not in a form of shame and guilt. It's Remember, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. But maybe some of you here would say, you know what? I have to come right, get right with the Lord in this moment right now. I haven't been kind. And maybe it's because you just feel like the, the world is just so chaotic and you feel the need to just kind of vent and, and stand without showing kindness. And I think instead of passing over this moment, I think it's appropriate for us to get right with the Lord in this moment. And I'm talking to myself too. So again, you don't have to repeat after me, but maybe we would say something like, Lord Jesus, I come before you right now in from the invitation of your kindness into repentance. And I just ask, Lord, for your forgiveness in the areas of my life where I haven't shown kindness due to lack of patience, where I haven't shown kindness because, I don't know, maybe kindness wasn't shown to me. And Lord, I just ask you to come into this part of my heart and show me what it means to be kind. Show me what it means to be patient. Show me what it means to love again. In Jesus' name. The next prayer that I would like to do right now is uh, it's a little bit more deeper, but maybe some of us here today, maybe we have a hard time relating to the good Samaritan that showed the kindness, or maybe some of us don't even relate with, you know, the priest or the temple assistant who walked by the person. And maybe we don't relate to any of these characters because we more relate with the person who was beat up and left for dead. Maybe we relate more to the person that was walked by and you reached out for help and no one helped you. And the reason why you have a hard time connecting with the concept of kindness is because kindness hasn't been showed to you. And God is, he's a good father. And I think what he wants to do right now in this moment is he wants to take that weight from you. I pray that as you walk out of here today, you feel lighter, that that weight would be removed. And I think a lot of you maybe have been hurt by the church. I have, not, not this one, this church is amazing. <laughs> I've been hurt by church before when I was younger, 17 years old. A family that I felt like I was supposed to belong to, but they didn't show me kindness. And I had to figure out how to respond to that. Maybe some of you here today have been hurt by a father, hurt by a pastor, hurt by a church. <sighs> I think that Jesus wants to heal that right now in this moment. Right now, we're not going to wait. 
There's no reason to wait. There's no reason to wait for the right moment. There's no reason to wait until you're in a right mind and right spirit. Jesus already took care of that. He did everything he could to put you in this place right now to get you in right mind and right spirit by his own doing, not by ours. So you don't have to raise your hand. I know this is a very sensitive moment. I know it hurt me deeply. And I can imagine the pain that you're going through, feeling like the person who was beat up and left for dead. So right now, I just want to pray for you. And actually, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go there. If, <laughs> if you have, I know I said I wouldn't make you do anything, but actually, I feel like we need to pray for you. If you've been hurt by a loved one, a father figure, if you have been hurt because of a lack of kindness to you and therefore you struggle with this concept, can you raise your hand? Okay, I see you. Thank you. Yes, yes. You keep your hand up for me, please. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I see your hand. Keep your hands up. Could you stand up for me? I'm so sorry. Just stand up for me real quick. Yeah, please, 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 please stand up. Please stand up. I'm not trying to point you out or make you feel less of anything. This is a very safe place. You are loved. And what I want to do is as a church body, I actually want to give a couple more minutes. Anybody else, please don't feel embarrassed. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Anybody else? Sorry, I have to turn around and look this way. Anybody else? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Jesus is here right now. Church body, can we just extend our hands? This pain is deep, and it's deep because the person that you thought was supposed to help you didn't. The person who you thought was supposed to come through for you and make you feel safe didn't do that. And so this pain goes deep, and it can feel like a weight and a burden sometimes. But right now, what we're going to believe for is Jesus is going to lift that burden right now. So, Father God, we as a church body, first of all, we collectively apologize to those who have been hurt by the church, those who have been hurt by pastors. On behalf of these pastors, we just say that we're sorry. We're sorry that you weren't treated with kindness. We're sorry that you had to experience this in the first place. And now what we do is we ask, Lord, for the Holy Spirit to come into this moment right now, to come in. Yes, Jesus. We just sang earlier that you are healing every broken heart here and now. We don't just sing that just to say it. We believe it. So, God, we ask for a healing in this place right now in the name of Jesus. We ask for the weight to be lifted. The Bible says that he will exchange the spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. So we just remove that off of these, the people who are standing up right now, that the pain would leave and forgiveness would begin to come in right now. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being true to your word. Thank you for coming in and providing healing just like you said that you would. We receive it, we receive it, we receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. I have one more thing I would like to pray for. Um, and lastly, what I would like to do right now is for those of you who are here for the first time, uh, I do see a lot of new faces. It's good to see um, those of you who are new with us today. Um, and I wanted to provide a moment of salvation. Not me. Actually, I don't provide it. The Lord does. Thank you, Lord. He provides it. I just do what he tells me to do. Amen. But we can't let this moment go by without anyone in, in, out here today that would say, you know what? I want to make a, a profession of faith and put my faith in Jesus Christ today. Okay. Before we do that, I want, I want to let you know there's no condemnation. You are loved. The Bible says that he thought in advance about you. Before the foundations of the world, he thought about you. 
Jesus loves you and he wants to be with you. He wants to connect with you. He wants to pour out his spirit upon you right here in this moment right now. So um, you don't have to stand up, but if you want to give your life to Jesus right now in this moment, I want you to raise your hand. I'll wait a couple seconds. I ended my message a little bit earlier, so we got some time. This is an important moment. If you want to give your life to Jesus right now, go ahead and raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray anyway, just in case any of you were too nervous to raise your hand. Let's say this together as a church family so that we can feel comfortable in here today, okay? Let's say, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice on the cross for me. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I accept the invitation to new life in Jesus Christ. I lay down the old me and I step into my identity as a child of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's just clap right now. Thank you, Lord. So I know, uh, I know none of you raised your hand, and that's the, no worries. No worries. But I do want to let you know that if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know something special, that the angels in heaven rejoice over every soul that is saved. Did you know that? I'm not saying that just to make you feel good about yourself. No, legit, the angels of heaven, they throw a party up there to celebrate and rejoice with every single soul that says, you know what? I'm tired of doing life on my own. I'm tired of just kind of doing life in my own strength. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus. The angels go crazy up in heaven to celebrate that. So we as your church family, we're here to celebrate with you. One more time, can we just give a round of applause? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. 